0: You're listening to the Business Essentials Daily Summer Series, the best episodes of 2020. As we celebrate today, after the year we've all had, mental health might be a concern for some. So keep an eye on friends and loved ones, and from all the team at Sound Cartel, Merry Christmas and enjoy the festive season. Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. In the workplace, we're employed to do a job, but we're also human, imperfect beings impacted by an imperfect world. Sure, some more than others, but removing the stigma around mental health is incredibly important, not just for managing a healthy work environment, but for saving lives. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Wayne Schwoss has been battling mental health issues for 26 years, a journey that continues today. For most of his AFL playing career at North Melbourne and Sydney, he hid his deep depression and anxiety, a decision that he says cost him professionally and personally. Over 65,000 people attempt taking their lives in Australia every year, and 3 million live with anxiety. Wayne believes the change is happening, but not fast enough and that positive action is needed. Wayne is now a mental health advocate, speaker, and founder of organisation Pucker Up, which he tells us more about later. But first, he explains to me how he managed to maintain a rigorous training schedule, not just at the peak of his career, but at the peak of his crippling depression. I don't
1: know how I did it, because I was detached, disengaged, I'd lost connection and I'd lost hope. And the only thing that I can attribute to why I never missed a game of football or a training session was that I had two critical people in my network. And they were two of the four people that knew, my wife and my doctor at North Melbourne. And they always kept me connected and always gave me hope when I'd lost connection and lost hope. And without those two people, my life and that journey could have been very different. But fortunately for me, that those two people kept me engaged during a really difficult period where I had lost hope and was thinking about some other options that weren't going to lead me to a good place.
0: Now, Wayne, drawing from your own experience, you now speak to businesses far and wide about the importance of mental health in the workplace. How big an issue is it?
1: There's not a business in any industry that's not impacted by mental health, either directly or indirectly. The stats support this. If you've got 100 people in a business, then 20 people out of 100, one in five, are living with mental health conditions today. So acknowledge the fact that if we have people, there is the potential for our staff to be under significant stress as a result of work-related stress. They could be coming to our business with stress because of issues in their personal life. There could be people that are currently employed within our businesses that are dealing with mental health conditions, which are having a negative impact on their ability to perform their job. So if I was a business owner, which I am, the first thing that I would do is I would invest considerable time, which takes effort and a commitment, to begin to create a safe, trustworthy environment where your staff start to see that if there's anything that they're worried about or that's bothering them, they can either talk to you as the business owner or they can talk to somebody else. That's number one. Number two would be as a business owner or a manager, I would invest time learning about the signs and symptoms of mental health conditions, stress, understanding what's the unique stresses that might exist within our business, which could be having a negative impact on our staff. Developing relations with your people, letting them know that I might not be able to fix it, might not have the skill set, but I'm prepared to listen. And if I do listen, I'm not going to judge you. You won't lose your job and we'll support you whatever way we can. And then more specifically and strategically – What do we need as a business to be able to support our people? Do we have an EAP program in place? Do we have any formal training around mental Health Literacy, psychological first aid, upskilling our managers so that they can better support their people? They would be some low-hanging fruit opportunities that if businesses aren't doing anything today, I would encourage them to start thinking about it.
0: Mental illness is despairingly common in Australia and on the rise. What do you think are the main drivers? And are they different today than when you were going through the worst of it?
1: I think that we live in a fast-paced, frenetic, constantly changing, chaotic world. When I first started school, I had a chalkboard and a piece of chalk. There was no computers. There was no iPhones, iPads. There was no technology like that. So life was simpler back then. There were different challenges, but it was simpler. Now I have three children and they live in a world where technology is Pervasively invades every area of their life. So I think that there are unique challenges relevant to each different generation that is that is growing up. I am obviously a man and there is tremendous expectation placed on men as there are women and sometimes those expectations are different. But one of the things that I am very deliberately challenging audiences and most of my presentations, the audiences are corporates, But we've lost connection with what it really means to be a human being. And what I mean by that is this vulnerability to be emotionally connected and expressive. We are conditioned to disconnect emotionally from being a human being. And I'll quickly share an example. When we're young boys or young girls, we feel pain, we hurt, and we cry. We don't think that we're weak. We don't think we're soft. And we go to our parents to get supported and cared for and loved. And every time I present it with audiences and corporates, I'll ask audiences to stand up if they can remember an experience like that between the age of 9, 10, or 11, and everyone stands up. Mm. And then I'll ask, stay standing if you've continued to behave that way as you've grown up into an adult. Anywhere from 80 to 99% of my audiences will sit down. Mm. And the problem with this, for me, is that when we're emotionally connected and expressive... We have a capacity in a toolbox to tap into all of those emotions and feelings and allow ourselves to be a human being and feel that experience and get the necessary support and work our way through that. But unfortunately, a lot of people, and for me, this saddens me, a lot of women have been conditioned to disconnect emotionally because the expectations have changed. We can't be the little kid anymore. We're an adult. We're not meant to cry. We're not meant to show vulnerability. We're not meant to lose control of our emotions. That's fundamentally flawed because being vulnerable, allowing ourselves to experience all of the emotions, happy, sad, angry, frustrated, hurt, all of those type of things is a natural part of being a human being. But because we get older, the expectations, which for a lot of us aren't ours, is that that's how we're not expected to behave. I see no reason why people can't be human beings in a workplace as they can be in their home. And part of what I'm trying to do is challenge that narrative. Because if we don't change that narrative, we can't realistically expect to bring the number of people who are losing their lives, attempting to take their lives, people who are fronting up to work with serious mental health conditions, people who are under increasing pressure because of work-related stress, we can't bring them down. But the big issue with this is if we condition ourselves or other people to disconnect emotionally, when they're under emotional stress, they don't know what to do or they don't do anything because of the fear of being judged. And that's hurting people. That's killing people. And that's what we want to change.
0: Now, Paka Up, it's the social enterprise you founded to help continue your advocacy of mental health in the community. Can you tell us a bit about the organisation and also what pucker Up means?
1: So pucker Up is actually a Hindi word and it means authentic and genuine. And they're two things that are really important to me because I was neither for most of my football career and it cost me greatly. So I need to be open and honest about what I need to do to be healthy and well, which I do. But it's also a key message that we're trying to encourage everyone to start to think about applying that strategy authenticity, being genuine, being open and honest about your mental health. Because when you do that, you actually put yourself in a position where you start to make decisions which allow you to manage your well-being. If you don't do that, what you can tend to slip into is what I did for a long time, and that is that I created a series of lies to hide behind a facade because of fear of being judged. People will judge you irrespective. My advice is to people You have no control over what people think, say, or do towards you or about you. So why not focus your attention on being open and honest about what you need to do to be healthy and well, or what you need to do to work back to being healthy and well? So that's the definition of pucker up. We've been an advocacy agency for change for the past three years since we started, but I've always known that just talking about it doesn't address the issue. What's really exciting about Pucker Up now is that we'll continue to do the advocacy. We'll continue to raise awareness. But we now have a partnership with a clinical partner called Optimal Health. And what's really exciting about this partnership, Nicole, is that it's the first time in Australia where an advocacy agency and a clinical partner have come together to collaborate. You're either one or the other. You don't do both. So we're bringing the two together. We'll continue to do the advocacy and Optimal Health, as our partner now, have given us unfettered access to a suite of evidence-based educational workshops and programs, and those programs actually allow individuals and participants to begin to learn more about mental health. What are the tools that can help me manage? How do I support somebody who I might be working with or caring for? Education empowers people to make positive change in their life. And that's a significant development in our short history. And it's a suite of programs which we're now going to market, making available to not only corporates, but individuals. If there's carers, parents, if there's consumers, if there's leaders, if there's staff members, these programs are available and applicable to anyone. If you want to learn more so you can manage your mental health, we have the programs that can help you do that.
0: And final question, what's your message for people listening right now who might be struggling in silence? My message to anyone who
1: might be in a difficult situation is this, and I'm on a 26-year journey, which will continue for the rest of my life. And I've actually embraced that. I say this often to people, as tough and as difficult and as painful of the experiences that I went through were, I'm a better person for that. I'm a much better person. I've learned so much about myself. I understand my stresses, my triggers, my vulnerabilities. I manage my mental health. So without that journey, without those experiences, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. It is the greatest and hardest journey of self-discovery. But it's taught me so much about myself and what works and what doesn't. So I'm grateful. I would never have said that during the time that I live with these conditions, but I am genuinely grateful because those experiences have taught me about myself. Life can be great. Life can be good. You can achieve anything that you want to achieve. But what underpins all of that is to put your hand up and ask for help and go and invest the necessary time to get healthy and well again.
0: That was founder of Pucker Up, Wayne Schwoss. Business Essentials Daily is a Sound Cartel podcast. Executive produced by Heather Dawson. Produced by Nick Schildberger, Chris Ashmore and myself. Technical production by Pete Letts and Belinda Trimboli. I'm Nicole Goodman. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you more Bee Daily next week. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit That's mazars.com.au. That's mazar